What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you mash that fast forward button to move to the beginning of today's episode, I'd like to quickly tell you about some ways you can support the show and everything that I'm doing right now. You can support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Again, just go on over to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. It's incredibly important with the way iTunes works. So if you have a second, please leave a rating and or review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts, you can check out chasethomaspodcast.com. That is on my previous episode, a link to my newsletter, and all my articles that I've written. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas. You can like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer, or you can just tell a friend you found this independent sports podcast that they should check out too. Thank you for listening. You're all the best. And I think we've reached the point in this intro where my uncle Darren can play me in. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome to the Chase Thomas podcast. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning. John Acuff is here. And John, how many years does Tom Brady have left? Uh, I think two to three. Two Probably. to three. Okay. Yeah, I think two to three. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, he's not had a significant injury in a while, so mm-hmm. it's hard oh, to say. No. Um, Do you have, are you by any wood at the moment? I'm because fine. I would, I would say you should probably knock on it. No, I'm not that powerful. I don't. No, I don't, you don't think so? No, I don't control. I don't control uh, Tom Brady's health. I hope not. He's in trouble you if I do. Some people's career choices, though. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I think, I don't know, two to three more years. And then, yeah. but the best thing about being a New England fan is that then, like, then you focus on the Red Sox, who are the best team in the in baseball. And then you focus on the Celtics. Like, so you mm-hmm. always have. Things are good. You're never Cleveland, where it's like, you, like, who do you focus on? The Cavs for us season. So, so it's weird. The Indians are still really good, but I think I they are like 23rd in average attendance. And I think the average game is like 51% full. Which is still just really baffling to me that they've been good for years now and people just don't go to Cleveland Indians games. I've never gotten a good It might be where it's located. Like sometimes Maybe. it's stadium location where it's like it's the worst neighborhood ever. Like the stadium where the Golden State Warriors play is next to like a flea market. Like it's not where like the best part about living in Nashville is our stadiums are downtown. So like mm-hmm. when something good happens, they shut down Main Street and it's a huge block party where you can't gotcha. say like most times it's like they find a map and they go, where are the most shootings? Let's put a stadium there. Mm. Um, usually yeah. that's how they plan, plan <laughs> the city. I think that's step one. Um, yeah, but Nashville, it's growing. I mean, you're getting an MLS team soon, right? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, people are excited about that. Um, mm-hmm. People are crazy about the Predators. Like Growing up in the North, I never would have thought people would be into hockey. But man, they, they really come out for the hockey team. So they're, Have you adopted them? 
as your like hockey yeah i mean south. but i'd be lying i didn't grow up with hockey my dad's from the south so like we were Ooh, excited okay. for the bruins but like we didn't i'd be lying if i mean yeah i want the preds to do well i think you don't have to be a fan of your city to want your city to do well. Like your city is more fun when your team is winning. Like even if, you know, like even if you're not a huge fan of them, it's it's dumb to root against them. So yeah, I want the Titans to do well. I don't think it's the same with the Grizzlies because Memphis is so far away. I don't think of them as my city, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I'm like, why are they in Memphis? It's such a weird, such a weird decision, you know? But now you're just turning off so many Memphis listeners that were Listening to the podcast. So well, as far forever. as market size, like it's yeah. it's weird to move a team from Vancouver to Memphis, like to go. Ah, well, we got to get the second a... smallest market, right? I think the smallest is sneakily uh, New Orleans, and uh, yeah. huh. right above that is um, uh, Memphis. OKC is a bigger market than both, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Yeah, but, but Oklahoma uh, City does a great job. Like they they their fans remind me of Nashville's hockey fans. Mm-hmm. Like they really like they really care about. Um, their professional we'll sport it, once they lose westbrook like i'm interested to see what happens there once they actually go back into the lottery for five years and see what the turnout's like i i have my doubts i'll say that yeah we'll see we'll see i mean they won't they don't have 50 years the tradition to fall back on but they also they don't have a pro team like that's their chance to root for a pro team that's what yeah. James Franklin, when he was coaching vanderbilt told me he was the only sec team that had to compete with the nfl and i thought that's a really good point like hmm. there's no Tuscaloosa pro team. There's no Auburn pro team. There's no Mississippi. Like, so it's interesting to think about that in terms of ticket sales and attendance. How many coaches have you talked to? Oh, my life. I don't know. I mean, he was a probably, lot. uh, I would say a handful. He was definitely mm-hmm. the most, like, this is the season where he beat Tennessee and beat mm-hmm. Florida. And like, he was on, he was on the, the rise and was been a super nice guy to me. So that was fun. Who did you enjoy enjoy talking with the most? I mean, I like talking to the NFL Players Association. That was fun because um, it's Why? well, it's just a bunch of young guys making big decisions, you know. And it's so it's you know, and the NFL Players Association really works hard to set these guys up for what's next. Like they recognize you're in the league three years and you're out. So the program I I got to speak to was like an internship program where these guys go and learn like, okay, here's what I'll do after. And so mm-hmm. everybody I talked to was like, Oh, I went to Harvard. Oh, I got my MBA when I played for the Cardinals. Like th- that's the part you don't see. You see so like that's happening a lot more than people realize. Definitely. Cause they recognize like getting the broadcast job is like a lottery ticket. Yeah. Um, so we've, you know, I've got a plan for something else. And a lot of those guys, like if they're good and they stay in the league for a while are really disciplined and really, you know, get their life together. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that was becoming a bigger thing. That makes sense with where the NFL and everything else is going right now. Um, it's been a bad off season for Roger Goodell. I would say not a great headline summer for them. Like the NBA is obviously staring at NBA is like, it's fired up right now. Like with, I mean, and next season, next summer is going to be the same because next there's all these people entering the market. So no, I mean I, I'm ready for the uh, Kawhi Leonard thing to be kind of finished. I'm tired mm-hmm. of that. Like it just. Where feels do you want like, him to go? Uh, I'd love him to go to the West because I think then the the Celtics just march back. You know, march right where they need to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't. He's talked about the Celtics, but I think he really wants to play for the Lakers. But I think the Spurs might be like, yeah, how about we send you to, you know, Toronto? 
which would yeah, be hilarious. That's where I want him to go, though. Like, I think Toronto would be a perfect fit for him, and I think that they have the best pieces for what the Spurs want to do, which is, I mean, Pop only has, like, two years left, and uh, I don't think he wants to go through a full rebuild and set in motion a full rebuild, so they're going to reload, and Toronto has two stars that they can send over one of them, gigantic salary. Uh, well, actually, both of them. I think Kyle Lowry's making, like, $31 million and DeRozan somewhere around there, but I think if you send DeRozan and OG and Anobi, and a couple other guys, like it would hurt for Toronto. But if Toronto gets Kawhi, like I think they're going to find. Yeah, but the only thing I think I want to think of Toronto is that their head coach should have been coach of the year. Like that Brad Stevens didn't receive a vote is ludicrous. That was weird. Like it was he, Toronto won four more games with their stars healthy. Mm-hmm. Like that. I don't know. It's hard to think in recent history of a season that went as well when it should have gone poorly as the Celtics. I mean, the first night they lost Hayward and they were like Stephen A. Everyone's like, oh, season's over, season's over. Yeah. And then I don't know. I don't, maybe it's we like took it for granted. I agree with you. That it's it, like the I Oscars. the takes then. Yeah. It's well, it's like the Oscars where you're like, yeah, um, Denzel Washington didn't win an Oscar for Glory, but like we're gonna give him one for Training Day, and you go, oh, okay, like that's that's what you say. Like it's weird. So I, I don't really. Know. So you're more in on Glory than Training Day, Denzel. Well, I think most people are like. Glory was a defining role. It changed the narrative. It was like it set him up. Like I think Training Day is great. I don't think I think it was a makeup Oscar. Like mm-hmm. I don't think it. I mean, did it deserve an Oscar? Sure, but I don't think it was better than Glory as far as career defining roles. Interesting. Um, so uh, the Celtics uh, are interesting right now, and you're a big NBA guy, and I'm a big NBA guy. So. When you were growing up, like who were your dudes? Like who did you like uh, love watching? Who did you like? Who like growing up? Who was it? Well, I mean, it was Michael Jordan. Um, so not Bird. Yeah, I mean Bird. It was Bird and Jordan. Like Bird okay. because he was your hometown guy, and it felt like like an episode of Cheers. You know, like it it felt authentic, and he was you appreciated that he was doing a lot with what appeared to be very little. Like no one would look at him and be like, that is a pro athlete who will win an MVP, you know, like, so that was, that was part of his appeal, I think was his normalcy. Like he just looked like a normal dude. And so, yeah, I, I mean, the Celtics, it was like Bird versus Chuck per, uh, Um it, You know, I think everybody liked watching Reggie Miller because he was just such a pure shooter. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so Sean you Kemp. What the NBA is right now, like you're a big fan of the pace and space and everything else. Yeah, I mean, I guess the I thought there was flopping issues until I watched the World Cup, and then I was like, oh my uh-huh. gosh, we don't do anything. Yeah. Um, I was at the Atlanta United game on Sunday, and there was so Seattle they can't score, so they just were stacking the box and everything else, but they were flopping so much just to burn time, and it was. It hurts the flow of the game. And yeah, everything it's else, annoying. But it's, it's amazing. It's annoying. And these guys are too good to need to do it. Like Neymar, yeah. like when people go, I wish Neymar didn't flop. Other people go, but he's amazing. You go, right. That's why I wish he didn't. Like he doesn't need to. Like he's he's amazing. And so I don't think, I don't know. I don't think the NBA has a flopping problem per se. I think that people get calls. I think like I loved watching um, like Giannis like take – 17 steps from the three-point line and it's like yeah and people are like people are crazy in any industry any market like the talented popular people get favor like that's how whether you like it or not that's unfortunately how the world works 
Mm. Um, and so I, I get it. Like you're less likely to get a call, uh, you know, against you if you're playing at home, like whatever. Um, I don't think that's any, that's, I don't think that's related to any one sport. I think that's just human nature. My bigger thing with Neymar is the fact that he's going by Neymar Jr. now. So where are you at with the junior and senior and all that stuff at the end of names now? Because unless your dad or your son plays in the league as well, we don't need to know that you're a junior or a senior. Like, yeah, I don't but understand. Did he always do that or was it recent? I don't think so. I feel like this is new. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's know. I guess a thing. We're seeing it more in the NFL guys where they actually have senior on the back. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, but, but I guess if you're Neymar, you could like you could call your. I mean, I don't like Chad Ochocinco. Like we have no, like we have no room to argue because <laughs> we have a league where somebody changed their name to, or like Meta World Peace. Mm-hmm. Like so, I, I mean, if you like, change your name for like you're an NBA player, what would be your like go to name change? I wouldn't cha- like it. That'd just be so dumb. I wouldn't even do it. Like. I mean, like, what are you going to change your name to, like, Airwolf? Like, it's just, it's dumb. It's not bad. It's not, I wouldn't do it. it okay. I don't, I mean, but I'm not a professional athlete, clearly, so. Bad branding. It's so just a man. Johnny Cuff is uh, doing a pivot in his career, you're not going to change your name. No, no I, I mean, like, my last name is distinct enough that I don't feel like I have to change it. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a million Acuffs, you know. If there you, aren't that many. If you meet one, it's probably somebody related to me, so. <laughs> There you go. Um, so public speaking, you do that a lot now. And I think I've wondered about that. Like, is it easy for you? Is it when you go into just a different venue all the time, you travel a lot? Like, do you just have like a game plan? Because you seem like a very um, task oriented person that you can break things down into small granular details. And I wonder, is that something that every time you have to kind of psych yourself up for or you just, it's just a flow that it feels normal at this point where you're like, all right, I'm just going to go talk to a bunch of strangers for a while. And they are looking to me um, for help, for advice and everything else. It's a lot of, it seems like it would be a lot of pressure. Is that something that you had to get over or was it just a natural thing for you and your personality? Well, it's like most things like they get easier with the more you do them. So, you know, doing it 50 times a year certainly makes me go or, 60 or whatever the number is like i certainly am used to it um and so that makes it easier but i would say part of it is that like you have to you have to remember they want you to win like people don't want you to fail that's the myth people are often like oh man what if i bomb they don't want you to bomb like because it stinks to watch awkward people fail at stuff they'd much rather you do well so like knowing the audience is for you is helpful and and i enjoy it it's fun um, in the same way that like, you know, my friend's an ophthalmologist and like the idea of operating on eyeballs all day would be like crazy to me, but for him, yeah. it, that's his Tuesday. So <laughs> I, I look at it like, and it's such a rush, like it's such pure adrenaline and it's, so I don't, I mean, I always joke, like it's the, it's one of the best legal forms of fun you can have. Like, and I just believe it is. And so like, I love it. I don't, I mean, I, I get like, I'm doing a comedy night. I'll be nervous about that. Cause it's kind of mm. different, but I w- I'll still enjoy it. You know, like I'll still be like, this is great. I can't believe I get to do this. Um, are you going to go into stand up full time? No, I don't. It's not, it's not what I'm going to do. I just, I've talked about doing it for like, I don't know, 10 years. And I was like, finally, oh, wow. I might as well do it. And I wanted uh-huh. to see if I could. And so the first show sold out in 48 hours and the second one sold out in 24. So, Nice. Like we have you done it yet? No, it's in October. Okay. Where so at? uh at Zany's, the biggest comedy club in Nashville. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to try it. I respect the craft. I don't, you know, um, who are your favorites? Uh, I, I like Gary Goleman. I like, um, Nate Bargatze. I mean, Jim okay. Gaffigan, obviously I like Maria Bamford. Um, she's really underrated. Yeah. But she's like an acquired taste because she's so unique. Like she's not mm-hmm. your standard, like stand up there and tell you like, she's doing so many voices and like, if you don't, incredible. if you don't get her, I like John Mulaney. I like Neil Brennan. Um, Neil Brennan, man, three mics is brutal. It's one yeah. of those where you're just, it hates you. Like, yeah. Neil that Brennan dude's is, super depressed. Like that. Yes. I mean, and he's super honest about that. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's where I think it's helpful. Like three mics is a genius. It's structured. Like it's a brilliant thing, but I think the cool thing is how helpful it is to people that might go, Oh, okay. Like, Cause he's gone to just about every, the depth of every well trying to figure that out. And I think yeah. that, that his, it's o- kind of sad though, because his like what he found was something that, I mean, it's closure in a way, but sad closure. It's yeah, not, he's, a, he's it's brilliant. Not happy ending. He's yeah. brilliant. Um, it's funny you bring up the comedian stuff because, um, you're a very, uh, this is the understatement of the year. You're a very goal oriented person. And Todd Berry has this bit. Have you heard uh, or seen his latest special, uh, Spicy Honey? No. Uh-uh. Is it on Netflix? Uh, yes. Okay. It's really good. Todd Berry is one of my favorites. Yeah. And he's awesome. He has a joke about like this guy who just everything every day is like, I got to do this. I'm doing this. I'm just constantly checking off boxes and being productive. And he's like, that's a guarantee. Basically, uh, without retelling the joke it's basically like that's a guaranteed way to never be happy <laughs> just to constantly be like oh i have this to do and then all right finish that then i immediately jump to this like is that something you think about where you're like okay i got this much accomplished today let me just uh get a take a breather is there like a certain number where you're like okay there's i've accomplished a lot today but i have to slow down or i'm never gonna just like live in the moment or just be happy with what i've accomplished i mean i think you can overdo anything um i think you can overindulge in any you know in any pursuit whether it's a good one or a bad one but i I was thinking about that the other day like it would be easy for somebody and people have said this to me before so it's not fictional like people say oh you travel too much for work and i counted so i was like what about the first eight months of the year oh no first seven months of the year so by the end of july what you know what does that look like i will have been gone 24 nights by the end of july um for work and 26 nights for family vacation so I've taken more vacation than I've taken work. And like that's almost a solid month of travel. There's like very few families that that get to do that. So I don't I mean I I think it on the outside it looks like oh my gosh, she's always going, but the reality is like I'm not one of these entrepreneurs. It's like work 80 hours a week, get up at 3 a.m. like you can mm. sleep when you're dead. I think I think that stuff's dumb. I mean, I'm glad they say it cuz it makes it easier for me to say <laughs> to say the opposite, but it's, yeah. I think it's dumb. And I don't think you get good marriages. I don't think you get good lives. Like I just, there's all these things that I disagree with on a general scale that a lot of people are like super into. Which book did you enjoy writing the most? Probably finish. I mean, Why? stuff Christians like was fun because it was faith based and it was humor, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't really know how to write a book at the time. So it wasn't as enjoyable as it could have been. I think finish because like, it's just the idea is such a felt need that it was like, I was really fascinated by it. Do over was super hard in part because it's such a like it's a really like long book for my for my standards, but I'd say finish. Um, okay, how many jokes did you get from people? The dad jokes of like, oh, do you feel like you need a do over for this book? 
No, but I mean like everybody, it, that's just kind of like everybody wants something to be able to say to you. That's like yeah. why people wear Red Sox t-shirts. So somebody else can say, oh, I love the Red Sox. So yeah. like people say like, ah, I bought your book, but I haven't finished it. Or, oh, should I read? Which one should I read first? Like, so I just, <laughs> I mean, like that's just people trying to make conversations so that there's not awkward silence. So I just kind of, I hopefully let that go. Um, okay. But like, it take you to do finish this time? Uh, about two years, but I, okay. I commissioned a research study with a PhD from the University of Memphis. So that was part of it was that it's the first book where I can really confidently say, hey, you might disagree with it. Just show me your six month research project with 900 participants. Oh, you don't have one? Ooh, it is awkward because now you're just arguing to me with your feelings and no offense yeah. to your feelings. They're not necessarily smart. Wow. There you go. Um, so what has been the general consensus on Finish thus far? Um, it's my easiest book to sell um, because of the research and because I still have n not yet met somebody that says, I'm too good at finishing stuff. I finished everything. Yeah. I, w I wish I finished less. So what's fun for me is to go to a company that says, hey, we've got this sales team or, hey, we've got this customer service team. We're trying to get them to finish or, hey. We're an entrepreneur network that supports entrepreneurs and those guys never finish. So that's just fun. And so like when I say it's my favorite book, like I don't mean because I'm an amazing writer. I mean, because the need is so great and it's fun to speak into that. Like there's only three things you need if you want to create a business, launch a podcast, write a book, whatever. It's just three circles. It's a Venn diagram. Essentially. The first one is a curiosity, like something you're really into. The second is there's a need. People need it. The third is it's absent in the marketplace. And so finish, I'm fascinated by it. Why, why don't I finish some things? Why do I finish some? The need, people kept coming up to me going, I love your book, Start, but how do I actually finish? And I didn't have an answer. The marketplace, if you go to Amazon, even today and type in finish, the first, thing, the first 10 results are uh, dishwasher detergent. And so I always tell people, like, you need all three. And then like in the sweet center is where you do your thing. Say you have a driving passion and there's a need, but it's already represented in the market. You're talking about cake pops. Like you're 10 years too late, dude. We have that. Say you have a really good passion. It's missing in the marketplace, but nobody needs it. You have a hobby. Like I love that you love collecting commemorative plates about ferrets. Great. There's no need. Say you have <laughs> tremendous need. It's missing in the marketplace, but you're not passionate. You just created another day job for yourself. And you might make money on it, but it's going to be really unhappy because you don't have any driving desire that's that's fueling that. So like once you figure that out, that then I can say like I think finish is awesome for people because it has all those elements. Not I think finish is awesome because I'm awesome. Like that's that's not how I feel. So, but I know what's inside it. And I know where it came from. That's that gives me confidence. Do you believe in the Jerry Seinfeld red line theory? What's the red line theory? So his whole thing when he was doing stand up and everything else and being productive, he used to um, just like write things down on when people used to write things on pieces of paper rather than like iPads and tablets and everything and hang it up on his wall and he would look at it. And if he didn't finish what he set out to do that day, he would um, put a red line and it's like supposed to just bother you because it you, you see that failure everywhere of like you just train yourself to avoid having to go up there and block out with the red <sighs> marker that you didn't accomplish that one thing. Um, and it basically, it feels really good to just block stuff out and be like, Oh, I checked that off. Is that something that you believe in? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, 
it's hard to argue with a comedian who's worth like $900 million. That's true. Um, as far as like when it comes to your ability to do stuff. So no, I mean, I, I think that everybody's different to some degree. And so that might motivate him. Other people would cripple, you know? Okay. Um, it's a thing for me. I use it all the time. Like my daily to-do list and everything else. I love striking through my Excel spreadsheet of like, sure. Like after this, I will put a strike through podcast with John Acuff and it's going to feel great. There like you go. I, I yeah. like it. No, yeah, I think it's. I think that's fine. I just think everybody does things a little differently. So, what works for you, somebody else might be like, "It killed me. I couldn't like." Every time I saw that red line, it made me feel discouraged. Like, it's it's funny how different people react differently. So you're great at using social media, and I, I wonder too because how would you advise young people? today like that are getting involved in their careers jump starting everything being young entrepreneurs everything like that how would you advise them on dealing with that and being careful on social media is there something that you think about even telling your kids about it yeah i mean they've got they're they're inching into it um no i mean i think that you can't let it define you i think you know you shouldn't use it as a get anger machine like there's some people that just follow certain people because they like it, they make them angry and they want to feel that anger. And it's just like, there's nothing good that comes of that. Um, and so like, there's some of those where I go, hey, you know what? I'm not going to engage with this account. Like I, I love muting people. Muting is the best because then, <laughs> then yeah. they don't like, they don't know they've been blocked. When you block somebody, they often like posted and it's like, Oh, I got blocked. Like muting is so great. Um, like I, I could muted somebody. Oh my gosh. It's the best thing ever. Cause then they don't know they've been muted. So they continue to talk to you <laughs> and you don't see them. Like it's such yeah. a waste of their life. Um, and so like, no, I think like you don't have to, you don't have to post everything. And I guess the big lesson is it's not normal. Like yeah. we've kind of accepted life has always been this way. No, it hasn't. It's been this way for like 15 years at the most. So like, it's okay for you to go, man. Like I always think, think about it this way like i have a tab on my twitter page called mentions because eventually mm. when you get a big enough platform it's really the only thing you can look at because it's hard to engage in like twenty thousand people's content um so i have a mentions thing and i try to respond to stuff and i try to engage but like that's not a normal human thing like imagine if i came home after work and my wife was like hey here's a list of all the things people said about you today some were about like how you look, some were about things you create, some were compliments, some were insults. Here's, here's 10 printed pages of comments people made about you. Like it would be weird if I was like, Oh great. I can't wait to look through these. Like that would be dumb, but that's what we do with mentions. Our mentions are essentially a list of things people said about us that we've accepted that we need. Like, but what if we don't need that? You know? Yeah. Um, last two questions and then we'll go. Uh, give me your most surprising fact about you that people like you're very open you're on instagram everything else but like what would be something a quirky thing about you that people would be surprised about and also if you have something on dave ramsey that works too um for me i would say uh like i don't i'm not a big roller coaster guy like same okay yeah. like i i skied i hit 73 miles per hour skiing this winter um which feels like a thousand um uh -huh. and, and I would like, I'll do, and I'm not a big mogul guy. I just like speed, but then like I go to a roller coaster where all you do is sit down and there's almost impossible to get injured or anything. Like 
I'll, I fly, you know, a hundred times a year. Like I do other things that people might go, Oh, you're adventurous. But dude, like we went to six flags, I guess like three months ago. And I, I did go on one roller coaster, but like, I didn't go on like 10 others. Um, and so like that, I, I guess that would be a surprise one that I'm afraid of roller coasters. That's probably pretty easy. Okay. Same here. Um, and last thing, and then we'll go, uh, is what you're doing right now, would you consider it your dream job? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Like my, I mean, so Friday we're leaving for Alaska for a cruise and I'm going to speak on it. And like, it's going to like, there's like 15 of my, my friends going and it's like, I'll have an amazing time and I'll get paid for that. I just, I just booked a gig in Portugal next year. So like, I'm going to speak to entrepreneurs in Portugal. Like my wife and I went to Athens like two months ago. Like I, you know, I skied Austria, um, this winter, like I'm probably going to ski Austria next winter. Like the idea that you get, that I get to do any of that stuff is insane. Now it also means like I have to do a lot of things I don't like, like the myth. How old are you chase? I am 27. Yeah. So the myth we've passed on the millennials is that like, ah, your job will always fulfill you and your purpose and follow your heart. And like, that's just not true. Like every job has things you're like, boy, this part is awkward or boy, this part is hard or, you know, um, embarrassing. And so like, I definitely would say, wow, I have a dream job. I definitely would say, wow, there's things I need to do that are just, you know what, dude, they're not fun. They're not, but they contribute to the overall. So I need to suck it up. I mean, like I've heard other people say this before. Like if you live in America, you've already won the lottery. Like you've like the, the chances you get, the opportunities. I know like we hate the word privilege because it has all these political meanings, but you have privilege. Like that's a thing. And there's different levels of it and there's different impacts, but like that, you know, like I'm somebody's like, I saw, was it Kylie or Kendall who may, has the, the makeup empire? Like one of them has a makeup empire um, of like 900 million, but yeah, I think it's Kylie, Kylie, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Kylie, but all of us are somebody else's Kylie Jenner. We're like somebody from another country, somebody that has, doesn't have the same opportunities would go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you get to do that. So I feel very fortunate. I want to, that's part of why I do what I do is I want to help other people plug into that. I'm a, I'm against people that tell you, you can be anything you want. No, you can't. That is, that is one interesting lie. I believe you can be the best version of you and that's what you have access to. But you know, I like that. you might never play in the NFL. You might never, I might Sound never. Good. Yeah. I like, dude, I might never sell, have a book that sells a million copies because guess what? I don't control that. So I can't like, I can't, if you, if somebody tells me you can be anything you want, I should be able to say, well, I can't be a million bestseller, like of a single book. I can't, like, I don't control that. Like no other book after eat, pray, love has sold a bajillion copies for Elizabeth Gilbert. Like, hmm. and I bet she would say some of her following books were better written than that one because she's getting better as a writer. So like it's, you don't control it and that's fine. That's, that's part of the surprise. It's part of what makes life interesting. All right. Well, John, this was great. I appreciate you taking the time. Totally, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, we can find you on Twitter at John Acuff. We can go to acuff.me to get all of the information on when you'll be speaking, like your comedy shows and just everything else that you're doing. Is there anything else you... Oh, and obviously buy your book, Finish, um, and every, and all your other books as well. Yeah. If you only buy one, Finish. Buy Finish. Buy multiple copies of that one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Is the there one anything you need weird that happens if you start with Finish and then do do-over after? No, because do over is really a specific career book. Do over okay. the title of do over should be four things every awesome career needs. Um, okay, 
the and finishes kind of stand alone. So yeah, you don't. I mean, you're not missing anything out if you do them in whatever order makes sense for you. Perfect, John Acuff. This was a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, dude. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys: if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second, leave the show a five star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener. Remember, you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uh, thank you for your support, and we'll be back another episode very soon. Thanks, guys. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.